What's going on, everybody? I'm excited. Don't mess with my tunes. Chris Bad, I hear you messing with my music over there. Uh, I'm excited. My pal Rodney Alex is back from Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam and not a moment too soon. The whole place is under martial law. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like to play? <laughs> <laughs> Rodney, Rodney Alex is an expert wow. in a great many things. Oh. He's an expert in the hospitality business, uh, in the real estate business particularly in uh, the spirits business, wine and beer. Yeah. Um, I've known him for about three years, and uh, we became very quick friends. Yes. And, and I, I, I heard of him, you know, through, throughout the years, and I, I never got to quite uh, meet him until... When did I meet you, Rodney? I, I, mean, I can't even... I think about the same time that I met okay. your father. Okay. I came, okay. I came, the first time I came over to the house, and yeah. it was the gathering of the... Uh, Apostles of Humble Park. Okay, and uh, you yes, were, you were you were in the in the in the you know you and Gabby were here. Gabby was okay. Here. Okay, yeah. he's I, actually one of the apostles. Yeah, of oh, Humble yeah. Park. He oh, well, just doesn't show up very often. I think. You know? Well, I think, I think we met briefly, but then I think we hung out. Our first hangout was probably last summer or something like that. We had just we had just got some wine, and it was called like Marcus, and you're like. Pour up the Marcus, the Marcus, and it was probably the funniest thing that I was experiencing that Release summer. Release the Marcus. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the voice, the voice gets me. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, th- I, I was like, you know what, this guy can stay around. He can stick around a little bit. You know, yeah. um, of all my geezer yeah. friends, he likes you the best. Well, Absolutely. you know, you know, there, there's some good geezer friends out there. We all yeah, love Max. You know, everybody loves Max. Chris, Chris Bat is my geezer friend. Chris exactly. Bat's going, yeah, I'm Tony. <laughs> That's mine. Um, well, he's not quite a geezer yet. Yeah. He's, you're not 50 yet, right? I'll be 50 in January. He's a puppy. Yeah, but yeah, I'm a grandpa. Child. He's a puppy. I'm a grandpa though, so I feel like yeah, that gives me an extra yeah. four yeah. or five yeah, years. The grandpa five, levels, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grand, uh, uh, grandfather of one. One, I have an eight-year-old granddaughter. Okay, yeah, and three three adult daughters. Yeah, yeah. Wow, there you go. So he, what he's saying is he's probably going to be Gramps. another grandpa again. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. hey, one they, one, cool. one of them just got married. So yeah. So, oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. It's awesome. awesome. Well, I mean, during all during COVID, uh, kind of the crew of guys that I walked around the park with, it was. Joe Th- uh, Thornhill, uh, Kevin Kenny, Nick Ray Harris, Rodney. One time, it was a blazing hot day. It was about a year ago. And he goes and gets a paella, you know, a coconut one. Mm-hmm. And then he, 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 he takes a couple of bucks and he gives the guy like a little wink. And the guy produces like this bottle of rum. Of course, Rodney's the only guy who knows <laughs> where to buy a drink in Humboldt Park. It was delicious. Yeah. And, um, you know... 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, he would come with his Yeti uh, mm-hmm. filled with bubbles, filled with champagne. Oh, okay. You know, it's like, it's like, boy, this is this is a man who knows how to have a good time in life, you know? A, stealth, a, stealthy, uh, a stealthy cocktail drinker. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it, you've done so many different things for a living. I mean, real estate, uh, you you had your own wine, wine bar. Yeah, you, wine you shop. You had your own restaurant. Wine uh, brand. Um, wow. You, you've kept it exciting for yourself, you know. I mean, you've not, uh, you've not, you've not rusted, you know. I mean, and then moving and you to travel Ho- a lot. 
Yeah. Moving to Ho Chi Minh City, I mean, yeah. what, what, what possessed you to do that? Uh, I tell you, after this January 6th thing, I was already like so fed up with all this political, the political climate in this country. And then after mm-hmm. January 6th, and then everybody kind of blessed that and said that it was okay in the infighting. Like literally on January 6th, I, I sat and I watched the whole thing happen in real time because I happened to be sitting watching CNN or whatever. Yeah. So I saw the whole thing unfold all the way to the speech on the Senate floor. Right. I got to tell you, um, I was kind of like crying a little bit when yeah. like, was it yeah. Josh Hawley started giving that thing about the Republic. And I was like, yeah, oh, my God. Asshole. Yeah, but he but this be- he's a great orator. And the, the speech, I thought, was was <clears throat> appropriate. Sure. And it just. You know, it was more of the pomp and circumstance of the whole thing. And then seeing uh, Jesse Graham stand up and t- kind of almost denounce Trump. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey, yeah. yeah, Lindsey, little prick. Lady Lindsey, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's such a little prick. Anywho, um, that and then on top of it, the police shootings, I just was worn yeah. out. And the and the COVID thing and the attitude. And meanwhile, I'm like spending a lot of time online and I'm reading all about how Vietnam is like handling it so great. And they had... 60 34 deaths at that time and like you know less than five thousand cases and i you know i love southeast asia i love the food you know Mm -hmm. i love the ladies and uh so (laughs) (laughs) so i was like okay i can do this i've got enough money i can like do this i'm not really there's nothing like i can always come back to chicago i love chicago but I can cut loose, you know. I'm, you know, I'm the. Ta- I, I'm not a grandfather. I have no, no children. <laughs> I don't own any property. You Rod- know, Rodney, you do you know different languages? Are you bilingual and anything? No, I know Google Translate. Okay, okay, <laughs> there no, you go. Hey, I don't. Yeah, know sometimes you... Google Translate says just says weird shit. Oh yeah, right, it's right, like, right. Oh yeah, Google Translate during the um, my three week quarantine stay and what I call my three star uh, quarantine prison was the weirdest thing ever like trying to translate that stuff because you know you'd be like uh you know porridge with spring flower and it would be a frog like in a porridge like literally that happened once i got a stewed frog <laughs> with a porridge yeah i'm, I'm saying whoa, whoa, whoa. they put frogs they, in a fucking porridge no it came on the side like the, this this frog <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't like frog good. legs it was no the whole it was frog. the whole fucking frog yeah so like the frog came who eats and, a whole fucking frog dude, listen i'm starving okay and instead of the like the soldier quarantine food that the fucking you know the the military is serving you in a hazmat suit which oh, was God. terrible you know, I was able to order, uh, what do they call it? Uh, grab. So, anywho, this fr- this frog came, and it was in this brown container, and it smelled really great. And I'm sipping this sauce, I'm like, holy shit, this is delicious. And are these- Tell me you didn't eat the fucking frog. Listen, bro, I, you know, I didn't realize it was frog. I'm like, I'm eating it. I thought it was quail. I really thought it was quail. Because <laughs> so, the legs look kind of very similar. Right. Until, you know, you start to notice the feet. And then you're like, wait a second. What about is, the eyes? What about weird. the bulbous no, no, no. eyes? There's no eyes. So what happens is they put the the legs on top. So you're eating it and you're dipping a little bit of the brown sauce in the porridge and you're getting your spice a little correctly. And it was really absolutely delicious. And then one, like next to the left leg, the last leg, I reached down in the container and it was the body and it had the fucking skin on it uh, yeah. yeah that was when i i think i was i was so repulsed absolutely repulsed wow. but it's kind of a big thing there they it's like a late night thing they do the frog um stewed or uh they fry the the the, the legs and apparently it's really eating, delicious i can't imagine eating frog balls 
Yeah, no, yeah, no frog balls. But frog legs are part of French cuisine. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not an Have you ever had frog legs, Dad? No. Really? Yeah. I, I, you know, I like... I like frogs, you know. Oh, you like frogs. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> it does. It's yeah. like yeah. any yeah, it's other. Like, it's like a fishy. You chicken. must love chicken. Yeah, then. that's a, um, that's kind of a good it's, way it's of like putting a, it. It's like a little bit of a fishy chicken. It's a pretty yeah, good totally, yeah. Yeah. totally. Yeah. But I could see it getting confused with like a bird leg or something. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's got a little meat on the end, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sucking on the shin of the fucking frog, you know. Oh, sorry, did I was gonna say that. You no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Actually, show you say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, fucking awesome, sweet, yes. Um, I, I just uh. There's always that one cartoon, that Clyburn cartoon, of the frog like in uh, the wag, the frog in the wagon, because you know somebody had frog legs. Right. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I don't know. They, they, uh, they give me spilkus. I, I don't, I, I can't really get next to eating frog legs. I don't um, eat anything but durian and. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll eat the hell out of oysters. I yeah. love oysters. You know. But, I can't um, really do oysters uh-huh. or. Um, clams or anything like that i can do like one or two and then but i can't do it as a meal well right before you left for ho chi minh city we went to publican and laid waste to something like 60 60 60 uh 60 oysters (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, five dozen easily easily yeah Yeah. and then i kept ordering other stuff i think it was i think it was more than 60 i think i think we started with four dozen yeah got another dozen and realized that simply wouldn't do and then uh (laughs) What's the most Just oysters? Just ate the ass out of some oysters. You guys, have, you guys have ever killed? Can you um, individually? Yeah, I'd say forty-eight. Forty-eight. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I've eaten three dozen. Yeah, forty-eight. But they yeah. were like teeny. Huh. That was in East Coast, and I okay. was like in Portland, Maine, and I was at Eventide Oyster Bar. And I was just sucking back the entire experience. Was, yeah, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't just, like the big, no, huge, meaty, warm water oysters because you don't know what the fuck is are in those <laughs> now. The Gulf, you know, the from the Gulf of Mexico where BP had the spill. Mm. Yeah, no. I don't want to eat oily oysters. No. Yeah, get no. those mutant Coast. oysters. Yeah, come on, get yeah. an X Men oyster. When I was in Jamestown, I went to to uh, my mother passed away unfortunately uh, last week. I went to visit a friend that was ill at a time in Jamestown, and we went out to an oyster bar, and he ordered the Texas oyster. I'm like, okay, Ew. and it's it was pretty cool. It's called Full Moon Oyster Bar in downtown Jamestown, and they're opening the oysters. And these things were fucking Jurassic, man. Uh, they were just the shells were so thick. Like you could definitely knock somebody out with a Texas oyster. And the meat was like just it looked like a tongue. It looked like a human tongue. It was so freaking huge. And yeah. he was just sucking back these things. I can't eat. If you've got a uh, like bite or anything like that, or you can't like take it back and like one swallow, that's no boy now. Exactly. Oh, and and, and the thing no is, now. is like the really, really big ones just taste. They, they they remind me of like ocean just, spunk. Let's <laughs> let's put it out of the way. Let's get yeah. out of the way. No, no, no. Grown up snot. Oh is, yeah, is yeah. Okay. Like, That's the know? PG yeah. version. <laughs> and if they lose some of their like their shell liquor, they get that little slimy, creamy consistency. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. I like the uh, cold water oysters, the Pacific Northwest or New Brunswick or East Coast. You know, not n- nothing south of like Massachusetts. You I, know I, I completely mean? agree with you. I completely agree with you. Amen. Great minds, man. Yeah, man. I mean, completely agree with you. Those have the like a thinner sh- uh, shell and like a flatter cup. Yeah. Do you know this uh, this place on Chicago Heritage? Um, no, um, no, I've heard about they it. They make they make marvelous oysters. Yeah, you know, it's like the guy you, the guy you need to talk to about oysters, Kevin Kenny. Anytime there's a special on oysters anywhere in town, he knows about it. 
Kevin Kenny, he works somewhere, doesn't he? He works at Door 24. Where's Door 24? 21... I think he might be the choreographer of the selection at Door 24. <laughs> 2124 North Damon, mm. where your mother and Kevin are partners in a, a going enterprise, uh, a wine shop. And this is not a shameless plug. This is just a fact. This is an absolute stone cold truth. That's it. Absolutely delicious wines for you know natural wines, conventionally grown wines, stuff like tons of great selections under Absolutely. twenty bucks. Absolutely, right. And you know what? Yeah, I mean, in, it, it, it's not, you know, that neighborhood's you know gone uh, uh, hair Perrier, you know, and yeah. um, <laughs> you can still get a really great twenty dollar bottle of wine there. Yeah, you, you know? guys have reclaimed that the coolness in that block because well, we're trying. Somebody is, had to. Somebody had to put like yeah. it's this, you gotta you gotta put down your your uh, your flag and you know take a stance man absolutely buddy what yeah. was it like running a, a wine was it a wine bar or a wine shop it was a one the my first um I, besides working for a wholesaler in uh, bucktown i opened a place called taste juicy wine stinky cheese okay and it was just so much fun i mean yeah. every day going to, i mean i built the whole thing juicy with wine stinky, stinky cheese stinky cheese <laughs> Um, it was great we had like you know a few things to, to taste we were playing great vinyl and awesome music and uh uh we once had a um do you remember that uh, uh, the tsunami in uh, was that in Thailand? It was in yeah, Thailand. Yeah, the tsunami in Thailand. We had a um, fundraiser for the tsunami in Thailand with uh, Frank Oral um, playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, from like, Poi oh, Dog. Yeah. yeah, so he bought all of the Poi guys. So it was it was nice. the the tsunami thing, and he was sitting on a bench in front of the, the cheese case, and an investor had bought um, most of the tickets, a, a bunch of traders, and they were having fun, and it was really great, but they. Stop kind of paying attention to the show at one point. Frank got to, had the whole band stand up because they were playing acoustic. Had the whole band stand up and um, march through the crowd playing Young Americans. It was the coolest yeah. boy dog Damn. experience ever. It was so great. Oh, yeah. Man. When I had yeah, my... Max was playing like a little, um, a little like blow organ, like the little organ that yeah. you got. Max blow Crawford. Yeah, oh, Max Crawford. Mighty, no, me. Mighty, Mighty, Max Mighty, Max Mighty Max Crawford. Crawford. The organist. Yeah. Max was fair. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I love the organ though. Um, Mighty Max Holy Crawford. Shit, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it was so so freaking cool. Dude. I did a performance with them at the Poetry Foundation, and uh, honestly, one of the most gorgeous. Was that the one? That was the one I filmed. You right? filmed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got some good and, stuff. Uh, Frank sang an a cappella version of uh, Blackbird. You know, wow! Oh song. yeah, yeah, and it just uh, you know went through me like ice. I mean, it was just a phenomenal uh, evening. Yeah, he's but the those guys, man. Paul Paul Mertens, uh, Max Crawford, Susan Vells, um, uh, Robert Cornelius. Yeah, um, they were just they were letter perfect. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about those guys. I love that whole crew, Poi Dog. Yeah, I love when they used to collaborate with like Ten City. You know, with uh, Byron Stingley and That's the Way Love Is, which I think is maybe the coolest love song ever written in Chicago. Yeah, that was before my time in Chicago. Yeah. And when did you get to Chicago? I came That's... to Chicago in 91, right in the, first, okay. the, the spring that the Bulls won their first No, you know right what? Before that, song, I was born. that song came out about 97, 98. Oh, okay. You've heard it. Believe I've heard me, it. You've heard it a yeah. hundred times, you know? Okay. So um, you you came? Did you come because of Michael Jordan? I mean, I, I, I'm sure it might have been a factor, but I... No, it's the whole thing. No, I was dating this uh, this girl. You remember the first girl? And maybe this has never happened in your life. The first girl <laughs> where like it, it all the physical things just kind of come together, and you feel like you're endowed with this power, and you're like, oh my god, like our chemistry is just ridiculous, exactly. and, sure. and it could like power totally. a small city, and it's like, why can't everybody have this? This is absolutely amazing. Um, and so I came for Heidi. She was she came here to um, 
interview for a design job. And so uh, uh, we were kind of breaking up at the time, but the chemistry was still flowing. Yeah. And I came to Chicago in the winter of that year uh, for the interview with her. And I remember standing in Ed DeBevick's parking lot. I had just had a, a pepper burger and I was eating it and I step outside and it's snowing. And I'm sitting there looking up at the Sears Tower at the time. And I'm like, oh my God, this city is so fucking amazing. I'm yeah. moving here right away. And I did. I just went back to Ohio State. I got a job at the Bennigan's on uh, State Street, which is gone. Oh, no, uh, Michigan Avenue. And uh, I thought I had, I mean, I was like, this is just absolutely freaking amazing. I mean, just riding a train sit back and forth. Sit on your ass, let up a camel. <laughs> wow. This is a promised land. Yeah, it is yeah. the promised land, man. That's so, amazing. So I, I just went back and dropped all my class at Ohio State. We moved to Evanston. And, uh, and I started going to Loyola, and that's it. The rest is history. You wow. know, I, I got to tell you, I love when when people reiterate that those kinds of feelings about Chicago. Because, you know, lately, uh, with, with all of the crime, all of the violence, all of the thoughtless cruelty that, that occurs, you sometimes lose sight of the luminous poetry of this place. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I sometimes... Uh, lament uh giving into that uh that that kind of nihilism that that we got painted with um you know five years of trump what the hell is going on in chicago it's like um this isn't an amazing city you know I yeah mean, it's the most american of american cities absolutely that's um, a really good point it is american at, and uh you know, I, I I honestly believe that you know Chicagoans at their core are good people. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I, mean I believe people are basically decent, but <clears throat> um, it is distressing the level of violence, the prevalence of violence, the easy access to firearms, because yeah. we're bordered by both Wisconsin and Indiana. Um, I'm constantly beating the drum for, um, you know, Lori Lightfoot. I want her to file a class action suit on behalf of the citizens of Chicago against the state of Indiana for the lax rules in their gun shows where mm -hmm. straw buyers go over there. They buy yeah. six or seven, nine millimeters, and they drop the bodies of children all over our city. Um, <clears throat> I wish somebody would find the political will to do this. Yeah. You know? You know, I got carjacked right before I uh, left for Vietnam, in fact, well, like months before, and it was tormenting my decisions. Like the first month of COVID, I got uh, carjacked in Fulton Market. No the shit. Oh what? yeah, and, and, and four thirty in the afternoon, I was showing a three thirty two hundred dollar a month two Fuck bedroom yeah, apartment. That's right. You called me. Yeah, thirty two hundred dollar a month uh, apartment. You called me. You were supposed yeah. to meet me. Yeah, so we were supposed to I, meet. I just yeah. got carjacked. It's yeah, like, I'm sorry. I got, I, I'm not gonna be able to meet you for a beer. I just got carjacked. Yeah. It was incredible. These guys, I was just sitting there and it was it was a beautiful day. And uh, these guys, uh, they approached my car to the right and I'm kind of, I thought literally it was like another agent that was pulling a prank on me. They were, they were gonna scare me. And they walked up and they opened the door and they go, hey player, we're gonna, we're gonna need that car. And I just, I was confused. Like I didn't really know what was happening. And it's kind of like reached over, I grabbed my phone and I'm reaching in the back for my laptop. He's like, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta get out of the car. And then they started dragging me out of the car. I realized that there were three of them. I didn't see a weapon, but I think just pulled me out of the car and just took off and got on the the 290 right there. Yeah. Did they it find your car? They did. They found my car later on that mor that morning at like 430 in the afternoon. They had taken it for a joyride and um, uh, obviously it was involved in the crime because there were bullet holes in the car with shell casings. But the funny thing is, is that 
I was really concerned about the car, but I was really concerned about my sunglasses and my. <laughs> I was like, I got away free, and I was like, oh my god, I need those Randolph sunglasses. They're like five hundred dollars sunglasses. They're like this company that makes them for the military, and then they started giving them to civilians. They're twenty four karat white gold, and I was like, oh my god, please don't find my aviators. They're just so cool. And my laptop. Those are the only things that I was really, right. really concerned about. I didn't give a crap about the car. Did already, you get your already, laptop? Back? It was already defiled. Yeah, these idiots go through the car. They take out my fucking Walter Payton jersey out the back, my retro Walter Payton jersey, which was Damn. in the trunk. I know. And um, so they call me, and I'm like, okay, please, cops, can, before you take it to the yard, can you take pictures of the inside of the car and open the little sunglass uh, visor compartment? And the sunglasses were there. And these idiots had taken my laptop off the back seat and put it in the pocket behind the passenger seat. I'm huh. like, you take my Walter Payton jersey, but you don't take my... Uh, my my iBook, my Apple book. Yeah, like I mean, you could have gotten a few well, bucks for that. But you know what? No, actually, a lot of the, especially the Apple products, they can get traced back. You can't sell it. Right, right. Pawn shops won't take it. It's hard to resell that stuff. To them, the jersey was more valuable than the laptop. Yeah, that reminds yeah. me of a story of uh, the at the wine bar. Uh, somebody broke into the wine bar, and um, I had a pair of uh, the uh, what are the tickets? The bullpen club, like not bullpen club, right behind home plate, the thousand dollar tickets where you get the buffet and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, fuck, I know what it's called. Yeah, whatever. A friend of mine worked for ESPN Radio and get, got me these tickets. I'd done a favor, and they were in the cash register. And so these guys break into this, break into the uh, the shop, and they like take the cash drawer. And uh, there's like blood on the floor, and they walk out the front door, and they take the cash drawer, and they break into a a, a, a rider truck at the rider cart lot, and open it in the, put the cash drawer there, and they're rifling through the cash drawer, and they didn't see the tickets. Wow. So yeah, yeah. So I was able to go to the Not game. A couple, uh, couple no of tickets. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, it was insane. What people missed. I feel like you know that that Peyton jersey though. You know, back, I feel like that that sports memorabilia is just like booming right now they just they probably got something pretty i hate to say that but yeah i mean just with all like the the baseball cards yeah. the basketball cards that are going up right now it's just like well, huh. yeah, or and look uh, at look at sneakers i mean it's, it's like, oh it's that's, crazy the that's the worst that's the worst don't don't tell me yeah. that's because back like three four years ago like they you know the the resale guys would get them and price them up but they weren't totally out of you know bounds expensive these are in the triple digits now. Like, we're talking about $900, you know, not just, you know, 200 300 or something, whatever yeah. whatever some crazy person would be willing. Now there's nutbags buying Honda Civic prices, used Honda Civic prices for shoes. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a little nutty. Prices of uh, like all that stuff. $5,000. Prices of all that stuff, even to the everyday person, are all going to go through the roof uh, pretty soon because the supply chain in Vietnam, where all of these things come from, is completely screwed. And it's no going to be screwed for months. So when I landed, there were 65 dead and less than 10,000 cases. Today I was checking, there were like 8,000 people dead and a quarter of a million cases. And they're, they're, running, a, they're running an average of 400 people dead a day in Ho Chi Minh yeah. City. So the city shut down. It's under martial law. That's just the city itself? That's just the city. Martial Holy law. Holy Christ. So um, did things escalate or were things kept under wraps? Um, things kind of 
there was this undercurrent of things were bubbling up. People were getting really frustrated because they had been on a semi-lockdown since April. Sure. They were in a, like, you know, uh, restaurants and bars were closed, okay. but they were about to open. They thought that they were going to open at the end of June. And then all of a sudden, Delta hit. And uh, so they separate the neighborhood. So you can't go from neighborhood to neighborhood. It's like a checkpoint. Yeah. So I think that kind of um, kind of stops people from um, organizing. Yeah. That's so, the way it is in Moscow, yeah. too. Yeah. What, wow. um, what's the vaccination situation like there uh less than five percent yeah just because they can't get it because they can't get it yeah well now now the the city and i think the whole country is under martial law yeah they're under martial law you got out of there just in time yeah Uh, i got out of there when the district commander for the party uh came to my um room and uh gave me my shopping voucher which gave me the right to go shopping between 11 and 12 at two markets in my neighborhood and i went in to buy a loaf of bread and uh, I couldn't buy a loaf of bread. I could buy four slices. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's when, it, yeah. That's when you buy it. Yeah, four slices. That's when you get an airline ticket. two yeah. sandwiches. Yeah, and that's actually when I came back. I actually called you in the afternoon. And you called me, actually. Yeah. You called me, and uh, you're like, get the hell out of there. And I bought the ticket the same Absolutely, day. man. Yeah. Um, of all the time that you spent there, you know, this this time, how many days did you have to spend in quarantine and how many days of relative freedom did you have? I was in quarantine <clears throat> for like seven weeks and I was not in quarantine for three weeks, a little less than three weeks. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And it got more and more, you know, the first three weeks was, you know, you thought you were going to go out, you're going to be fine. You could, I couldn't go outside, but I was like, well, when this is over. I will be able to go outside. Mm-hmm. It escalated from that to my, to freedom to no, you can't even go outside. Are the soldiers are delivering meals right now and harvesting the rice oh, in the Central Highlands? Yeah, I mean the Delta variant just ripped its way through Asia. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean it's it's crazy because, as you were saying, Vietnam was one of the places that seemed to have a handle on COVID, and and you brought the. Uh, the infection rate down drastically when it first reared its ugly head. And now um, the variant is just, you know, ripping its way through Vietnam, the subcontinent. Uh, it's been particularly awful in in Asia. Yeah, it was really awful. Um, Thailand, <clears throat> which I thought about, you know, maybe I'll just go skip over to Thailand. It was, it was actually worse. They're actually... Um, they announced the program that you could fly into Phuket and you could quarantine there for 10 days and then you could roam freely through the country. But they have protesters in the street in, in Bangkok because of all the lockdowns. So, yeah, it's it's gnarly, folks. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, the thing I worry about here is us having to go back into shelter in place again, um, which honestly, you know, played hell with my sanity you know? yeah i don't i don't think that what's I, left yeah. of it i don't I, I i i hear you and you know but i just feel like that uh we won't that that's just it's it's obviously a, you know, an option of course but i just don't think that people could would tolerate it i really yeah. don't you know yeah i mean if there's you know a lambda or some other <laughs> variant that pops up we may have to. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah. but that could also be, you know, the permafrost is melting in Siberia and who knows what insane bacteria yeah. what, what and pathogens yeah. Yeah. there. Yeah, I mean really. like we're looking at ancient been, germs. Right. I mean yeah. this you know, kind I mean, of stuff's we, probably gonna happen more frequently. More exactly. frequently, totally. And I who, mean who knows what it's leaving inside of us. Right. As it travels from, yeah. from host to host. 
I yeah. think about that sometimes. A lot of people have uh, Boy, the, this, the long this haulers. This sure stuff. became a, a place of mirth. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was like yeah. a, a Cormac right. McCarthy Jackson, book, right? The exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're Max going down Tony the dark show. road now. Yeah, Max and Tony <laughs> show. Yeah. Nothing but mirth, folks. But you know what? Those folks over in Vietnam are super uh, resilient. They're the kindest folks. They're absolutely amazing. They've been through this shit before. This ain't nothing, man. This yeah. is like this is like a, a holiday for them. Uh, I talked to my agent. She's like, I was like, how are you getting along? I'm all panicky yeah. in my American. Oh my god, I gotta go outside. And she's you know, like, they survived yeah. us. She's like, oh, it's giving me time to like plant my rose garden. She was just making, you know. So, yeah, life yeah. goes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, um, but- so baseball or White Sox? What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Um, I, again, I think that Larusa that he cares about these games and he wants us wants to keep us, you know, with a winning record. But I I kind of feel as if when games get close and or or they're un, un, unobtainable that he kind of plays around with uh, some yeah, lineups. He didn't, he didn't hit right. Tim Anderson. You know, no, he doesn't want him running on that astroturf down in Florida or up in uh, Toronto. I don't blame him. Harsh. Yeah. I don't blame why, him. Why? 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 He's already complaining of leg pain. Why? Like put yeah. him through that. I got to be honest. Every game I've been to, Tim. Anderson has not been there for me, and uh, I hate to say that because I've watched some games on TV. I, where he's, I went to the. He's yeah, awesome. I went to the game where they won ten to one against uh, the assholes, the Astros. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, man, Tim Anderson, he was, he was good. fucking yes. stud. Yeah. Him, oh, I just want to see it live. Just yeah, it's all about it September, man. Yeah. yeah, it's all about September. You know, baseball is streaky. Who cares what people are doing now? As long as you're going to win the division. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How, really how many is. games in front? How many games in there, front? Are we? Like, I think still ten, ten to nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I think with all professional sports, it's about getting the team healthy at the right time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. NBA, mm-hmm. football, NBA for sure. I'm sure soccer's the same way. I never watch much, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't see, I don't see the Sox losing ten in a row in September. You know. They're not the Cubs. No. Yeah, they are definitely not and the, the sixty nine Cubs. You know, the Mets went from, you know, the outhouse to the penthouse. Mm. And uh the Cubs lost something like eleven games in a row. And of course, being the Cubs, you know, uh, they shit the bed. You know, it was like they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen, man. Our boys have way too much uh, exactly. too much stuff going on. In the, so in much the, under the hood, man. It's so like, much under the hood. And the uh, the clubhouse rapport is just great. Those guys are all they, they get along, they're playing together. Yeah. It's a real it's a real rhythm. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I I love Lance Lynn, but honest to God, he's the slowest pitcher in the major leagues. Yeah. Did you, it took us three hours to get to the seventh inning uh, uh, last week. Did we, you see uh, him get rejected though? That game we were at, he got kicked out. I didn't know what. Uh, I, I well, didn't, there was this what huge. There was this huge stalling in the middle of the game, and we were kind of like, "What's going on? Like, why? Why isn't the inning starting?" And then, sure enough, Chris Keough sends me this thing that's going Lance. Lynn rejected and oh, they, they wanted he to threw check his, his belt. Yeah, yeah, foreign and, uh, substance um, under his hat. And, yeah, he had a foreign substance under his hat. So they wanted to inspect his uh, his hat. And so he's walking towards the dugout. And then he got really pissed. He's like, do you want to? It was, I think they asked him for his belt. Yeah. So he took his belt off and threw it out onto the field. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he then got, he got bounced. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And you know what? They never said, like, if there was anything. I don't think no, there was. Uh, no, there was. Yeah, there was wasn't. There was. They would have suspended him. It was yeah. Lance's attitude that sort right. of did the. But if you look at it, the replay, he throws it pretty nonchalantly. Does he look a little careless when he does it? Is there a little F you to it, possibly? But I don't think you can kick a guy out. I think you have to swallow your pride a little bit and just be like, okay, thanks for the belt. Nope. Yeah. Nope. No. 
You're an ump. Yeah, those but those they control the game. They got a they have an authority. They True. have to they have to maintain that on the field. I know it's bullshit, don't yeah. get me wrong, but that's that's what that guy's thought. Yeah, if I let yeah. this guy walk you can't on me, just go, hey, right, right, me right, right. Yeah. You know? I, yeah, you can't show him up on national television right, in front right. of everybody in front of the team. Yeah, so, and most so of those baseball his... players are guys in their 20s. They're kids. Yeah, and the yeah. umps are usually a little older and more level-headed, I think. Right. Yeah. Usually. I, yeah, I there are some that are. I've no seen asshole, worse. So. I've seen worse technical fouls of basketball for sure. Like I can totally understand how the belt becomes, you know, an ejection or, an or object you know, of something. derision. Yeah, I've yeah. seen weaker stuff in basketball, of course, but yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like policing the game in a sense. And if it gets we didn't, over released, we it can we ruin that, things. We weren't but, even aware he'd been kicked out yeah. of the game. Yeah, you, no you remember, idea. Do you remember the bench-clearing brawl this year when Tony La Russa ran out of the dugout? Did you see the way he ran? It was hilarious. His legs were like an old man run. Oh, his legs were like God. running out in front of him. Like, he was just walking really fast, and his body was kind of like leaning back. It was it was so bizarre. Like, <laughs> it's like he's gonna do anything when he gets there. You know, he's like running. It's like, bro, just it's like it's like when I watched the Irishman where Robert De Niro was pounding that guy's ass, the grocer. Yeah. And it's like it's a seventy year old man. Yeah, the shit out of the guy. It's like, oh, buddy, get get some Geritol. Put a little more. Larusa kind of looks like a Muppet, like the, one of the old man Muppets, doesn't he? Like if you just kinda slapped does. a whole a, a whole old he's school socks hat. On one of those old man opera yeah. Muppets, it looked like Larusa. He's got to throw the Grecian Formula Forty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, he's got to stop dying that stuff. He's got a little oh, die back there. Yeah. He's got the little uh, like I'm like, you know, like forty eight eternally thing going on with his hair and his glasses and his. Yeah, I think but, does he tan? Does he go to a tan bed? Then, you can always tell that jet face, black look. He's got the you know like uh, you know Tibbs used to do it. I think he still does it. What Tibbs? The jet black. Die. Oh, Tibio. Yeah, but he's old school, dude. He's like yeah. the, he's like the old school, you know, he I'm wearing a just, tight suit basketball just guy. Gray. Yeah, you know. He shouldn't be wearing a tight suit. He looks like 10 pounds of shit in a 5 pound He should shave that little spud that's left on his head, dude. But he's, he's, but he's sergeant, home. bro. Thibodeau's Tibbs is sergeant. He's like, you know, he's the defensive minded guy. He's like yeah. crushing you like he's wearing out all your best players in like 2 years, you know. Oh, uh, he, so, yeah. he, he, he's got a shelf life. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he was a great coach, man. Awesome. I I actually think I've had so many opinions on the man, and after this Nick stint, he's for sure a great coach. But yeah, his flaws are are glaring. That's always a bridesmaid. Well, that's the thing you were talking about. You know, Tony Larusa, like you, you know, make make fun of his looks and dyeing his hair. But if he brings you a championship, you're gonna. I, I'll dye my dad's hair if he does. <laughs> exactly. I prefer to think the players will bring us the championship. I, I'm I'm just not a Larusa fan. He presided over two of the dirtiest steroid teams in right. baseball history: the mm-hmm. Oakland A's and the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, he had to know. And of course, I believe he chose to look the other way. And I I think, I think steroids added greatly to the detriment of the game and mm-hmm. the detriment of the health of those men. Um, but was that his fault or was that Major League Baseball's fault? Because I kind of um, think it was Major League Baseball's fault. Yeah, I think at a and, certain point you you have a moral imperative to step in and say, you know what? No, 
I'm not going to allow this. But what if the other team is like doing it? And they're kicking your ass. And yeah, you're, like, you're trying to be like a, a lot of the defense the was setting the playing My, field that's, and even. Uh, that's it. another bad equivalency. That, yeah, uh, I know, but it's fucking uh, professional every, sports. Everybody's dude. doing it. You know what? That doesn't mean that you have to do it. That doesn't mean that you have to sanction it. That doesn't mean that you allow men to systematically destroy their health with anabolic steroids. But that's what happens when Jose money corrupts Can, the game. Jose Canseco. But do you feel you know? for that player who feels like he has to do it because he wants to yeah, be I, the best I, he can yeah, and he doesn't want to feel contract. like but he you know cheated what? himself? But you know what? I think of the guys who didn't. Don Mattingly, Frank Thomas. Um, and uh, I, I just Frank think, didn't need to. He was just a monster. Yeah. You know, one night... The bat I, was so small in his hand. <laughs> one, one night I saw him at Kiefer's and he was... Ordering a second helping of mashed potatoes. And this is when he used to show up to spring training 25 pounds overweight every year. I wanted to walk over to Tim and go, quit fucking eating. You know, it's like <laughs> the reason you're injured all the time is because you're a fat ass. Knock it off. Give me those fucking potatoes. Those you little know? feet and those little ankles are carrying so much because he just yeah. shoots straight up like a triangle. Yeah. And that bat is Plus, so teeny to He's swung a hurt. big fucking bat. Yeah. He, he had that yeah. Dick Allen bat, yeah. that 40-ouncer. Right. Um, his daughter was uh, was an AD on, on Chirac and just one of the loveliest people you ever met. They, they took such care of me. Um, you know, Spike, you know, was terrific to me. He made sure that there was a little portable air conditioner. It was like today with, uh, during the day when we were outside shooting. And I just had heart surgery four months earlier. And uh, those folks really, really took care of me. I mean, they were great. And I, I love Frank Thomas. I mean, for me, he's... <clears throat> He was one of the great White Sox of of all time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and again, no steroids. No worries. Don yeah. Mattingly, no steroids. Um, I just think that. Uh, I mean, I mean, I would honestly support anybody you know who pisses hot or tests dirty for them. Pisses hot. They're in, ineligible for the Hall of Fame. I don't think you let them in. You know, well, wait. Um, well, what if they get clean and they have some really great se- clean seasons? Um, yeah, okay. I mean, it's a you rare know. case, I would feel, but um, it could happen probably. I just think, you know, Jose Canseco destroyed his health with it. You know, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of athletes that have since passed away, and nobody will, will say out loud that, that steroids were part of a contributing factor to their illness. Mm. And uh, in fact, there's one guy, I'm I'm not going to name him because uh, he's so revered and rightfully so. But um, uh, I just think that you allow the abuse of steroids at your own peril and at the peril of the health of the people who play this game. Totally. Do you think that that if um, Sosa hadn't gone over to the north side, that he would have uh, ruined it out and turned into Michael Jackson with the skin bleaching. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I just think I, I think Sammy Sosa just doesn't have all his doubts. Sammy on his Sosa, it was my player. You know, I I love Frank Thomas, but growing up in Wrigleyville, you kind of were a Sosa kid and corked. Yeah, that, yeah. That whole, that whole like <laughs> kissing the heart the thing and things. Oh no, no, the cork, the cork's bad. It was the cork's bad. It was the steroids. It was the, it was him looking like Pepto Bismol. All that stuff. 
Well, you, him you and, him like, and Mark McGuire, uh, yeah, know, doing mm-hmm. that big, you know, stupid right. kissy. Oh, fest. that whole right. that thing right. was lame. But do you yeah. think? That, However, but, it ruined yeah. his image for me, and yeah. it ruined baseball. It, for but me. it was huge for baseball. Oh, it was. Like, oh, yeah. in the moment, I loved it. That the whole season, everybody in the country was paying attention to. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. You know, and then when it comes out years later, they were all on steroids. Oh. It was a lie. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Just, it, yeah. It, I it, mean, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the disgrace of it. Right. Right. Uh, right. You know. I mean. So whose fault is that? That's the I game. It, Mark McGuire, you know. I think a, a it's a game, and B I think it's the individual athlete. I think they got to rise above it. I, I think they got to they got to allow themselves. I hear you. I hear that, but I I think that pressure is so immense sometimes, yeah. especially in the '90s when that that whole home runs that, don't that's do all it. Anybody don't wanted. do it. Yeah. Don't. It wasn't really there. It was sort of like nobody's looking right well, that's my whole it. point about like that my whole point about him switching over to uh to the north side to the south side like if you'd been on the south side i mean there's pressure when you're playing for a professional baseball team you're playing for socks but i think it would have been a little bit more of a nurturing environment and he wouldn't have that drama of forty thousand freaking totally drunk crazy alcoholics yeah. like screaming at him every game and he obviously yeah. got more attention from the tribune because he was playing for the uh the tribune cubs so there yeah. was a lot of pressure on him at that time yeah, so. yeah but i still i still don't you know, I, I still don't sanction that he abuse steroids. I mean, I'll tell you what. He hit that ball out of Wrigley Field against the Mariners that one game in 2003. I'll never forget that. I still, any any arena I'm at, any baseball field I'm at, I look up and I think about how Sammy Sosa jacked that thing out of the park. Jacked is the right word. And yeah, yes, yes, yes. And I'm gonna jet one. That's but awesome. he he did. And um, Kenny Lofton is on base, and he sees that thing go. I will never forget his face in slow motion. They replay that thing on the TV. He just goes, and he runs yeah. right home in slow motion. And that is my Sammy Sosa moment. I know he was on steroids, but God damn, that was something to see. Yeah, it would have been better without the steroids. He wouldn't have done it without him. I don't think that he's doing the steroids on the south side. But at any rate, yeah, you're right, Max. It, you know, I don't think he was either on the south side. He uh, was kind of skinny. Yeah, he was skinny. Know? Yeah, but he was still a 300 hitter. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, this is why I never liked uh, George W. Bush when he was a baseball owner. He traded three 300 hitters away in one summer. Um, Rafael Palmero. Sammy Sosa and Guerrero traded him away. And what did he get for him? He got spit. You know, I mean, what was he? What was he going for? I think he was. uh, I think it was an old-fashioned salary dump. I think he just did not want to pay these guys. Is there tanking in baseball? Is there a lot of that? There's a lot of uh, things like incentives for them if if because they all share the television contracts. Okay, and a lot of times they can. Yeah, he can increase his profits. There's probably some bean counter behind the scenes saying, "Hey, we get these guys off the books and we'll be okay for next year." Uh, They're they're looking beyond that, making room for the salary cap. Right, it's a a salary. So it's what what the Cubs did this year. Not not caring about the fans more. But even even before, like, don't give a shit about the fans. The Cubs don't give a shit about anybody, dude. Well, I was was talking about the Wickets, Bush's motivations, but no, I I know the Cubs don't give a shit about the The fans. The Wickets, can we agree they're the worst sports owner? 
the wickets history, are the worst, and the, the baseball is the worst the, for the not letting. History of any sport, yeah, yeah. You know. are they? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Chris has a challenge or something. But... What about Sterling, the guy from I the Clippers? I don't know. Oh, kind of gnarly guy. Yeah. He was bad. The, the racist. Oh, that asshole. Yeah, oh, he was bad. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Well, the guy from the Raiders was also. Oh, but Al he was. Davis. Oh, dude, Al Davis yeah. is. Dude, yeah. now Al Davis is great. I freaking really? love Al Davis. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. People just picked on Al Davis, man. Yeah. They should have just listened to him more. Think of all the stuff that's uh, in baseball now because of Al Davis. I can't name one, but I know there are. Okay. <laughs> Al Davis didn't own a baseball team. He owned a football right. Football team. Did yeah. I say baseball? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, when yeah, there were like a woman in Cincinnati that owned... Marge oh, Schott. yeah, Marge Schott, man. Now, yeah. by the way, Marge Schott actually paid to, to sponsor my first museum show at the Cincinnati... Wow. Uh, Cincinnati Contemporary Art Center. Nice. She was the one who... who Paid to sponsor it. it okay, like Marge, so she was good. Marge fucking shot. No, no, no she wasn't. No, good. she was kind of racist too. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah, I thought. She was totally I, racist. Yeah, yeah, I thought a big racist thing. Yeah, yeah. Big racist. Well, Cincinnati is kind of a gnarly mm-hmm. little. It's like the Kentucky of Ohio. Right. Well, I will yeah. just kind say yeah. I have no idea because I don't really pay attention to sports anymore. So I don't know what kind of uh, team owner the Ricketts are. Any sports? I really don't. I, I don't kinda, understand I, that. I, I, how I, people I can say that? Like you're surrounded by it, man. You know, it's like part of the culture. Like it's the vibe. Like. But the he, game is on. He, like, uh, cheer for the team. The game is on. It's, a, it's your civic duty, man. I disagree with that. Uh. I uh, uh, <laughs> I spent years following my team, spending hours at at bars because I couldn't watch them at home. I was I grew up in Kansas City, so I was a Chiefs right. fan, Royals fan, went to KU, Big Jayhawks, basketball fan. Yeah, I loved sports and I sharing it and, and like the camaraderie yeah. and all that kind of yeah, stuff. But I got on. to a point where, like, especially with the Chiefs, I was spending. You know, hours of my life, lots of money watching these games. Get, I would get, I would get so tied in. We've talked about this on the show before. Yeah, but yeah. I get so tied into it that I would be upset on Monday still when they lost on Sunday. Like, yeah, and they don't care about me. They don't give a shit about me. And right. it was just, I felt it was a one way abusive relationship. So I just, <laughs> I cut, I cut sports off. I just, I just want to say that. I, I spent some time with uh, Tom Ricketts and his wife, Cece, working on a house they built <clears throat> whenever, however long ago it was, like right when they bought the yeah. team. And I don't know what he is as the you know executive or you know CEO of the Cubs, but he was a wonderful- He was Trump's head- No, no, no. His... That's his brother, Todd. Okay. And his Different. father. And his father. That's, yeah. But his brother, Todd, was the one that raised all the money. But Tom, who's the, the head- the, the head one of the Cubs, he's the one that met his wife and CC in the in the stands. Like he, re- they love the Cubs. He loves baseball, and they were really nice people. I'll just nice. throw that out there. I don't know what they are, what he is as an owner, but Tom and CC are good people. Just throwing that out. There. Republicans are nice. <gasps> okay, cancel the show. Cancel the show. Cancel the show. Cancel no it. comment. Cancel it. I'm at, no I'm comment. Okay, so I'm glad uh, to hear something nice about the guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, you know what, uh, Rodney, we, we are so grateful you spent this podcast with us. It was so much fun. This is yeah. uh, this is a blast. Yeah, we got to do a part Promise two. Us, you yeah. guys did this ninety six times. It's, yeah, oh, or next yeah. week is ninety six, right? Is this ninety five? This is ninety six. This is ninety six. You're ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. Yeah. Turn upside down. Be ninety six. Yeah. So we're going. We're so we we definitely want you to come back, and uh, we're grateful, and we're glad you're back from Ho Chi Minh City and yes. safe. And kid, take us out. Cool. Rodney, thank you. 
Hey guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony Show. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in to our 96th episode. Sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery on 1746 West Chicago Avenue. Drink their beer. Mm. Big shout out to Parkwalk Productions, home of the Max and Tony Show. Chris Bat. Don't forget to check out TF Projects and The Dime on 1513 Northwestern. And did you hear about Door 24? We mentioned it in one the episode. One of our sponsors, one of our other liquor sponsors, Door New. 24 at 2124 North Damon. Go buy yourself a good bottle of reasonably priced wine. Ask for Michelle or Kevin. <laughs> Ask for Michelle, Michelle or, or Kevin. Kevin. They're always there. They're great. And uh, if you want to catch up on old episodes or ask us any burning questions. Burning. Go to themaxandtonyshow.com. Seriously, people, let's get some questions let's asked Let's get some here. questions. Yeah. And then tune in next time for our 97th episode. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Nine shots. Yes. That means three away. Yeah. <laughs> to the big day. Yes. Yeah.